Welcome to another episode of the Adelan Rising podcast. In this episode, we have some news about the Inhumans TV series, and we discuss Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 15, Miss Marvel number 15, Uncanny Inhumans number one, Monsters Unleashed, and IDX number three and four, uh, featuring a special guest that I brought with us. But you'll meet him later. Yay. Special guest. Sounds good. Special guest. So, because, because of our special guest, we're going to uh, go rather quickly through the news and reviews, so uh, apologies in advance. Um, on the uh, on the front of ABC's Inhumans, which is still scheduled for a September release, we're finally getting some, uh, well, we're getting rumors about uh, the cast. Um in particular, it looks as though the roles of Medusa, Crystal, and Gorgon have been cast. Um, Medusa is set to be portrayed by an actress named Alicia Rattaro, who people who watch Arrow may uh, recognize. Uh, she's had an, a recurring role on that show. Um, Crystal is set to be played by a young actress named Elenia Jones, Who's, uh, I thought it was Eliana. Are you sure? Eliana. Eliana. <laughs> I'm going to be a really annoying about that because I really think that's her name. I could be wrong. No, no, it's. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I haven't met her yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yet. She's on. She's currently on a TV show called Hemlock Grove, and then finally Gorgon is appears. Uh, will be played by an actor named Owen Harn, who had a brief role on The Walking Dead. All three of these uh, actors very much look like uh, their comic book counterparts, but I'm not familiar with their acting I at all. I am not either. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, finding out more. Um, as soon as that uh, those rumors become official, we'll let you know. What has been made official is that the show will indeed be filming large sections in uh, Hawaii, off uh, the coast and uh, in a naval base too right yeah the working title which usually means nothing is called project next um and i don't know what this means that they're filming in hawaii i think that the well, hawaiian they're... coastline could very much double as the sort of icelandic coastline where uh the marvel knights uh paul jenkins jay lee series began so perhaps that's uh, what we're looking at. Or they want it in a more tropical setting. Um, that said, they are converting a naval base there to be to film in. So no. um, I think it's more of a more. It's actually going to be a pretty permanent filming location for the series. Actually, cool. So that's 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 pretty. Pretty interesting, um, and I have a feeling they probably want Adelan to be if they if they're basing it off of the Marvel Knights run, then I think that they probably want Adelan to be in a more tropical area. And it seems to me, um, if you've actually seen Agents of Shield, some of most of the um, back in I guess season two and probably season three, a lot of the uh, Inhuman uh, ancient Inhuman settlements uh, that they found have been in pretty tropical areas, except for maybe the one that was in China. Um, well, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. They're still pretty cool places to be, though. That's, yeah, yeah, definitely. Were I filming a TV show, that's where I'd like to film it. Yeah, yeah it's like a, <laughs> it's like a free holiday. 
right? And the, the Hawaii, uh, apparently the Hawaii uh, economy has been boosted quite a bit because of it. So, yay. That's nice. Alola. Uh, yay. <laughs> Sorry. Alola. 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 So, well, yeah, but Alola. You've been playing too much Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um. <laughs> so, so, Doc, just, so just for your... It. Just for your sort of peace of mind, Alolo is the is the region that in Pokemon, which is based off of Hawaii, and everybody greets each other by saying Alola, like people in Hawaii say Aloha. I swear to God, if you're talking about Pokemon again, this this is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I will okay. stop. Okay, well, I guess I guess Doc here about Pokemon a lot in his day to day job. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it's so- it's a fun. Yeah, you want to hear? You want the. <laughs> Almost, I've, I've been a, a, a child and adolescent psychologist for almost 20 years. I have still yet to figure out how Pokemon works. Moving on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, that just means you're going to buy Doc a 3DS and all the games. Okay, so, yeah, so, so <laughs> moving it, on. Yeah, the, the other thing in the kind of newsworthy was that um, Marvel have kind of removed their digital edition um, incentive on their comic books, which really I'm bitter about that. I don't yeah. want to talk about it. I'm I'm really annoyed about that because one, it will annoy me every single time I go onto my iPad and try and read a series and realize, oh, I've got to get, I've got up to issue seventeen. Oh wait, I'm going to have to go read my books now because <laughs> it's done. Go pull them out. Uh, and bagged and boarded them because I'm one of those anal people that bags and boards all my issues. As am I. And although I'm really behind on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's besides the point. Um, yeah, it, I, I just, it, I just, and then at that point, I'm like, well, do I wait for trades? Because I like to have it ready to go on my iPad, so I could just fire it up and go, and then I just don't have to worry about buying trades, you know, unless I really want to. But I just, oh. I don't know. I'm annoyed. Yeah, so wait, so when they, they're not going. If you've already downloaded it, you won't be able to read it again. No, no you can. If you've yeah. already downloaded it, you're fine. And I think the codes before February are still the individual issues. Yeah. But any codes that start of February, you get the like Civil War um, number one and number two instead of the issue of that comic you bought. And that pisses me off because I already have those issues. And I want, I want, my, I want my digital version of my comic book so I can read it on my iPad whenever. Yep, that's uh, it. That's the same as me. It's kind of like, you know, I... I I buy predominantly Marvel. It's not all Marvel, but the ones that aren't Marvel obviously don't have a digital edition, but they're like a dollar cheaper cover price. So you kind of think, well, I'm paying an extra dollar, but I'm getting twice as much content because I'm getting the iPad version and the and the floppy version. So Right. And then, or yeah. you, you give those codes away like we would do and, and now... Yeah, now we can't, which it kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, we can give away all of the incentive ones, but we'll be giving literally everybody... You know, Civil War to Old Man Logan and whatever else it was that's advertised, which just, yeah. ugh, which people I usually see. will have. So I'm, I'm just a bit annoyed. It kind of affects us giving out um, codes and stuff, but we'll get. No, we'll work on something. We'll come up with a new plan. Yeah. I still have some uh, comic books and posters that need to get given away anyway. Yeah. Courtesy of signatures from comic book creators. Anyway, that said, <laughs> moving on again. <laughs> Moving on again, um, <coughs> Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur 15 featuring Riri Williams. Uh, Doc, you want to give us the rundown? Oh, it's a, it's a pretty wild issue. Um, the story starts off with uh, 
Lunella, she's at school. She gets attacked by these robotic tentacles, and it's very scary. She doesn't, she's not prepared for the attack, so she's kind of um, at its mercy, and she puts out an all points bulletin hero alert, someone come and help me. And uh, Ironheart, or Riri Williams, answers the call, and the two team up to go track down the, uh, the origins of. Um, these robots that have attacked her and it turns out to be dr doom or at least a version of dr doom it's not quite clear um riri and lunella uh go back to lunella's base of operations and uh try and computer doodad uh a uh, a way of figuring out what what what's the, what's going on here and it's kind of a sweet little heart-to-heart between the two of them, because at first, uh, Lunella... I loved it. She gets very, her feelings are hurt that, that Riri's not taking her seriously, and then really, Riri realizes, oh, this was me, you know, five years ago, also not being taken seriously. I, I need to, uh, I need to um, put myself in her shoes, and um, it's, a, it's a great issue. It, uh, <clears throat> we don't know what who really is the villain because it, it can't be the doctor doom because the doctor doom is starring in insidious iron man no infamous, infamous iron man in, infamous iron man so this has got <clears throat> to be either a time displaced doom a doom bot uh doom son whomever whatever um but the reason why they can't fully track down his signal is because he's using magic and neither Lunella nor Riri really know how to how to do that. So she decides she needs to go find Doctor Strange, and um, the uh, issue ends with her finally getting to Doctor Strange, and that's what's going to be set up for the next issue: a Moon Girl meets Doc Strange uh, team up, which I'm very much looking forward to. It seems like you know um, what I read. Go ahead. Uh, so, um, as I say, it seems like everybody's getting a team up with Doctor Strange. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know. Doctor Strange is pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, it's because uh, he's got his movie out, and yeah, yeah, which is good. It's just, just yes. it's just been released on uh, Blu-ray and DVD, as I hear. I need to go pick it up because it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I lo- I thought was really kind of cute because um this episode or this episode this issue didn't have a lot of devil dinosaur in it because it focused more on uh, Riri and um and Lunella but I have to think it was really cute that devil dinosaur went and got her a big teddy bear like a giant puppy dog <laughs> and I just I just thought the whole issue was fantastic and the look on Lunella's face because this is Natasha Bustos being an awesome artist the look on Lunella's face when Riri was like you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. Just like, it was just really like kind of heart wrenching because I don't know, Lunella finally, she just was looked so emotional in that little scene. And I was just like, Oh, Lunella needs a hug. And it was just really like, it meant a lot to her to, to hear that from someone she clearly looks up to. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I have to admit the the art in that book is kind of, um, it's really good at facial expressions, that sort of stuff. I think we've mentioned it before. It's really, you can actually get a sense of, how they feel, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. That's a hard look to capture, and and Natasha just nailed it. So yeah. it was it, just it, a really great issue. 
it was a great issue. It was an interesting um, uh, kind of confluence of things for me because the night before that Tuesday, uh, my wife and I went out and saw the movie Hidden Figures, um, which is all about the um, the, the uh, mathematicians who helped um, uh, the NASA program back back in the in the 50s and 60s, and you know all they were all black women who who you know normally were. They, a bad time in American history and um, uh, so on and so forth. So the next day, you know, to read this issue and read these two, you know, super smart um, black girls helping each other and being smart together. And it was just, you know, it's just, it was like, this is it. This is comics done right. Yeah. And it really, um, it made me, it's it's this weird thing when when like really cool things happen in Inhuman comics. I feel a strange sense of vicarious pride, like I had something to do with it. <laughs> I read this. Which, yeah, I had nothing right? to do with it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna feel right? the pride nonetheless. Right. Um, a wonderful comic. Highly recommended. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, never lets me down. I would say so. And it, yeah. it, it never lets never lets you down and, and just being such a great book. Okay, Miss Marvel number fifteen, Doc. Okay. Another great issue, by the way. It's like shooting him in a barrel. Yep. It is. Boom, boom, knock them all out. This is the uh the second um uh, chapter of the tr- internet troll document X storyline where uh Kamala is being bedeviled by this troll, this internet troll who is just, he knows everything and, or she, it knows everything. And, um, it's, uh, for some reason targeting all of these kids, um, in high school and whatnot. Um, it's, it's a, it's kind of a scary issue in a lot of ways. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it starts off with, um, you know, you, uh, one of uh, one of Kamala's classmates, her her phone has been hacked, and all of her intimate texting with her boyfriend has been put online, and everyone knows about it. And she's just absolutely ashamed. And it's um, <laughs> some pretty heavy stuff, really. Very yeah. heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, so Miss Marvel, she's intent on taking this this threat down, um, and ends up in a. Uh, uh, a confrontation at an abandoned uh, construction site um, where she fights this person who she believes is the main culprit, who this uh, uh, a four-person named Tess Beckford, and who quite mysteriously has superpowers and can dish it out as much as she can take it in a fight. Um, and right when it looks like it's going to be a stalemate, this, this uh, mysterious villain loses her powers, gets defeated, gets arrested and sh- and she's like I have no idea how I got here. I don't know what's going on. And Kamala she kind of believes her. Um and her suspicions are later confirmed when the troll hacks into her phone and is like I did that. I took over that person's body. I hacked her ghost in the shell style and um you know, I'm going to keep on I'm going to keep on doing this because I can, because it gets me attention, because I'm evil. And she's like, who are you? Why are you doing this? And, and the, the, the troll says, you have it all wrong. It's, you know, I'm not a person using document X 
this this evil malware to to do all these bad things. I actually am Doc X. That he is a malevolent malware that has gained sentience. He's an artificial intelligence. He's or now here's a question: Could he be an inhuman too? Could he be an inhuman that became a computer virus sort of thing? <laughs> I I, hey, I mean, if you can have possible. a door and an engine. Well, yeah, that would that would be an interesting twist. I I think he's more sort of like Ultron. He's just a an evil AI. Um, but I think uh, just I, an interesting twist. Would be. That's I hadn't thought about that. Mm. Um, but I, I think this issue carrying on from kind of what we said in issue uh, episode nine. I think it was the last time we recorded a review show. Um, we kind of said that it, it, it gets darker in terms of like, you know, when you're a teenager, a lot of people go through this kind of stuff and it, and it messes you up socially, I think. It does, but you um, know what? It doesn't matter what age you are. If, if someone posts your private shit yeah. all over the internet, like that happened to Kamala's, um, her friend, what happened yeah, to her friend, friend yeah. um, or I don't even know if the girl was necessarily her friend. Um, just a girl. Yeah, yeah, just, just someone who went to her school. It's, and you find that everybody knows about it. Yeah, it's, and no matter what age you are, if that happens, that is mortifying. Yeah, but that's, I, I, that's, I, when it happens yes. in when it happens at school age, like especially high school age, it just gets amplified so much because you just because there's so many more people. I, so I I don't think it's just school age. I mean, yeah, it's t- horrible. I think it's horrible. Oh no yeah, what age of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but I think I think at school age it, it gets amplified a lot more because true. there's more people true to that, that end up knowing about it. So yeah, because kids Which, talk and can be rude and cruel, and just mean. And yeah, yeah. Kids are the awesome. worst. <laughs> it's it's not you know I don't I don't mean that sort of as in you know kids are awful, but they say some of the most awful things when you're in you know high school, secondary school in here in the UK and. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, you know the the digital communication and medium has become such an endemic and unescapable facet of yeah. life in the 21st century and and you know kids who are growing up uh, 15, 16, 17 year olds um, it's it's just part of their life. They all communicate this way and without realizing that anytime you write something and it gets put over the internet, it's permanent. Yeah. And anyone, you know, with enough skill can just pick it out of the digital ether and use it. And we're all our, our privacy, the privacy of the younger generation is it's really like non existent. Non existent. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I wrote in my review about this this neat developmental uh, psychologist named David David Elkind, and he wrote about how you know a lot of adolescents have this sense of an imaginary audience. They feel like everything they do is being constantly watched, and evaluated, praised, or judged, and um, that that's a normal facet to growing up. But with the internet, this imaginary audience is no longer imaginary. It's real. Mm-hmm. Anything. And everything that someone does or likes or dislikes or looks like or feels like, it all can be reviewed, tabulated, reposted. There's just there's no more privacy. And it's um it's really messed up because uh um when you feel watched, 
you're it really ham it it, it gets in the way of yeah. how you can behave. I, and I loved the way that it was um, the way that Wilson's script um, touched on this in the conversation between Michael and and, and Nakia. Um, yeah. That you know Michael feels like she has to present herself as happy. She can't really let herself give in to her heartbreak over Bruno leaving because if people see her as anything other than wholesome, then that might they might use that as a way of saying, oh, see, here's this girl who was raised by 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 two moms. Um, this is evidence that 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 lesbians shouldn't be parents. And, and Nakia, she can relate because. If she doesn't come across as wholesome and perfect, then people can use that as fodder to uh, support their uh, xenophobic uh, feelings towards um, immigrants. Right. And it's just pigeonholing. It's so rough. I feel it is rough, rough but it's, it's, it's a comment that I think someone used to bring about, and Wilson's not afraid to do it. So no. I, th- I think you're it's, talking about like, the effect on... Great. The, the current like you know young generation now i think um it kind of strikes quite close because i was kind of one of the first generations that actually started using facebook started using twitter and it became you know it was it was a normal thing and it still is a normal thing whereas well you, your you generation guys... adam you grew up basically on on yeah. all of that yeah that's what you're I mean, like yeah. 10 years younger than me like i grew up my childhood i didn't really have any i didn't have facebook or twitter and none of that existed until i was in college yeah, and, exactly. and even when I was in college, not everyone still had computers then, believe it or not. So, and I grew up with the um, with uh, just uh, telegrams. Everyone well, said well, telegrams. Are you sure? <laughs> I thought it was code. like um, I thought it was like slate and chalk, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cave walls. <laughs> cave walls. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's kind of like because because I was the first generation, sort of. Why well, you know, it wasn't just me, obviously, but well. Um, and we, we, we grew up with it and it was kind of, it's, it has become the norm and it kind of, it strikes quite close to, I mean, even though I'm 24, it was still 10 years ago, Facebook sort of came around and yeah. So oh, I was no. 14. Facebook, Facebook was a thing totally in 2004, but you had to have a college account to use it. Well, yeah, but so. it, it became sort of quite <laughs> mainstream in 2006, 2007-ish. I mean, I, I distinctly remember signing up for it actually, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. You know. So it's it's just kind of interesting that, you know, you grew up in social media and my nieces grew up, you know, surrounded by social media as a, as a normal thing of life. And I think I was kind of the last generation to not have to deal with that. The shit that I did when I was young and stupid is not on the Internet. And I'm yeah. thankful for that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I am I. My God, I can only imagine. This is, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, personally, I've kind of tried to reduce my uh, social media presence, but... Because I realise this is the kind of shit that happens when uh, <laughs> when you when you end up sticking loads of personal stuff on the so, internet. So yeah. Miss Marvel, uh, this arc is definitely an arc that you know I sh- I'm going to be giving my nieces. Um, yeah. To be like yeah. this is what you don't well, do I, I, and stuff I, like that. I don't know. If it was Not me, I think you, I think you just give them the books and just say you know take from that what you it. will and just just read it because if if they're you know yeah. if they're smart enough to realise that that's okay. what's happening going on then. You know, which I assume they will be. <laughs> oh no, they'll they'll love Kamala. Are you kidding me? They will absolutely adore her. Yeah, that's what it is. Like they they will adore her, and I just need to just get them the book. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. But so, I, I, I want to talk real quickly about how 
uh, about the art in that book because I really feel that 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 Takashi Miwa Miyazawa has upped his game. Um, I've been reading his stuff for years, all the way back to his work in Mary Jane Loves Spider-Man, and I think this might be one of his best illustrated issues to date. He, you know, the 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 action is all great, smooth, and dynamic, but man. It's the facial features, the ability yeah. to relay emotion on the on the character's face. It it gels so perfectly with the script. It, it, it I can't. I mean, Ian Herring's yeah. art, uh, colors as always, amazing. But this yeah. the the illustration in this comic is top notch, um, and uh, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You, yeah. Oh, no worry. We agree. I think. It's, um. uh, yeah, the art in that book has uh, been great. I, I would completely agree on that one. Yes, yes, it's just been we've we've been very spoiled with our with our inhuman and comics. <laughs> we really have. Yeah. Um, going on to the next. Oh, Adam, you cut out there. Did I? Sound like a robot. Uh. Maybe he is a robot. Oh, Are you documenting? No. Am I still here? Are you there, Doc? I, Hello. I'm... Yeah, we're there. We're here. We're we there? Good. We're good, okay. Yeah. So look, uh, Karnak number six also came out this last couple of weeks, and uh, we're not going to give it a full review, even though it deserves one. What, what we're going to do is is wait for the trade paperback to come out and then dedicate an entire installment to to that, because um, we could go on for, I could go on for hours. Oh my gosh, it was this. so good. Karnak. <laughs> I love that book. Yeah, I have to admit, I didn't actually, um, I didn't actually get it, which is a bit annoying because. Uh, well, it was one of those books that came out. When did it start? Um, oh, it's been a year and a half to get yeah. six issues. Yeah. So it started in 2015, and yeah, it was kind of one of those ones. Do I add it to my sub list? Do I not? And yeah, I kind of regret not getting it now. But yeah, well, that's okay, Adam. You'll pick up the trade, and it's it'll be. I mean, it's. It's a. Uh, it's not exactly it's really, the feel-good comic no, of the not. summer or anything, but uh, um, it is top-notch reading, and I'm looking forward to um, getting a chance to talk about it in depth with you guys in a future episode. Yes, yeah, I mean, we'll, I, I, we'll do that. I was gonna say I've uh, I've put a bid in on eBay for a set of the five paperback uh, floppy ones, so it's all good. Six. All right, and you gotta get six. There's a sixth one out. It just came out last six, week. Six. Yeah, six. That's what I meant. Um, so that leads us to Uncanny Inhumans number one, Monsters Unleashed. Um, just to touch briefly on that, if you are a fan of Swain from um, James Asmus's uh, All New Inhumans run and you want to get a better idea of how her powers work, this is a great issue uh, to see that because um, it's really very interesting and I did not expect um, her powers to kind of work that way, so... Swain fans, this is the issue for you or for anyone who wants to know more about Swain going into Royals. Uh, definitely an issue that you should read. And the art is just kind of all sorts of out there crazy and it's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it was a really good book. I have to admit. It's all a, right. It's a, a tie-in to Monsters Unleashed. Uh, nothing about the overarching Monsters Unleashed plot gets revealed. Instead, it's more of a character study on uh, of Swain and, and the nature of her powers, which, yeah, I agree, is very interesting because we have all these uh, telepaths and psychics in the Marvel Universe, and so for, 
almost none of them to I, that I know of, have powers that work in a bilateral way. Because to the same extent that Swain can commune with the emotional processing of another person or creature, it's a two-way street. And those feelings also get put into her. So she is able to to communicate with this monster, at some points get it to calm down, but in turn, she's infected by these monstrous feelings and, and feels, um, and it's just, it's, it's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wasn't a big fan of the art, but, you know, that's personal preference. Um, yeah, I, I love Swain. I've been starved for some Swain content ever since all new <laughs> X-Men ended. All new in humans, in humans. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh and um I'm so happy that uh that Al Ewing is also a fellow Swain fan and she will be a member of the cast for the Royals. I'm all for it. Yeah, I I, I can't wait for um what was it? this this book was pretty spectacular I thought. So, because it is completely unattached to anything else, so yeah, yeah. I, I felt it was just a nice standalone. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't even need uh, Monsters Unleashed to just like, get what's going on because it's literally just what Inhumans have been doing recently. Apart from, rather than it being the Terrigen Mist, it's all the monsters that have been unleashed. Let me tell you, so. that issue got me a lot of points in my fantasy comic league. What is a fantasy comic league? I, I don't get that. Well, sorry, could you just explain it quickly? It, if you've ever played fantasy football, it's sort of like that, but with comics. So each month we go um, and uh, we go through the solicits for the month. There, there are five of us on our team. Um, if you guys, you should follow the Mixed Marvel Arts podcast. And actually, our um, guest that I'll be bringing on here in a second, uh, Ivy, is um, on my team, as a matter of fact, and I'm whooping his butt right now. <laughs> and don't tell him I said that when he, we get on, <laughs> when I get him on here. Um, so uh, basically we go through the solicits and we pick the uh, Marvel characters we think are going to appear the most in the in the issues for that week or that month rather. And um, we pick them, a team that they're on. So like say Medusa, she could be cosmic or an Avenger because she was an Avenger way back in the day. Yeah. You pick a team and then you pick what powers that they're going to use for that month. And, and every week we go through the books and we see if they um, showed up or not. And we fight about who gets what points, and it's a lot of fun. So, Fair enough. wait, do, do you get points if the character performs a particular feat? Yes, so every time Miss Marvel shows up, and she does, like, a melee attack, or she uses her stretch feature, and she stretches out, I get a point. And she gets <laughs> in a comic, like, she shows up in, like, uh, she shows up in Spider-Man or something, I get a point for her showing up in Spider-Man. But if she shows up in Spider-Man and then uses those powers, I get points for all of it, and it's great. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right now I'm whooping butt thanks to Miss Marvel and Medusa. So that said, um, we're gonna bring uh Ivy in here and uh he is gonna um chat with us here. Yeah, what's going on? Hey, what's hey, thanks, up? Thanks for coming on to the show. I was just telling the boys how I was whooping your butt in the mixed Marvel Arts uh fantasy comic league. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't do my scores this week yet, or, or look into it too deep. That's okay. I, heard, yeah. I, I, I didn't either, but you know, Sean was like, "Saren's whipping ass," so I'm gonna take his word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think your team John, is mostly humans. 
yeah, my team is mostly in humans, and your team is mostly X Men. And what does yeah. that say? <laughs> <laughs> so this so is kind of th- this is kind of this is kind of the IVX part of the show. So yes, exactly. We're going to talk about IVX three and four. Doc is going to give us a rundown on what happened in those issues, mm-hmm. and we're gonna we're gonna chat a little bit. But why don't you tell us about yourself? Because you do a podcast too, right? Um. Well, I. I just started, I just jumped into it, so um, we actually recorded our first episode, and I'm, I'm doing a little editing and stuff, I'm learning my way around it a little bit, so um, yeah, we got, a, we got a cool interview done um, by a guy that has an up-and-coming uh, comic publication uh, company, so we did that, and then I, I also run a blog, which is at uh, ivwall.net or fourthwall.net, uh, because somebody stole my .com. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a dot net I, I just talk about uh comic stuff I haven't been posting as much uh lately because of uh well the new year came around and you know just getting back used to stuff this year well we'll put up a link um on our site and how people can can check out your your blog oh awesome yeah that'd be that'd be pretty freaking cool um can you tell us how much you love the x-men <laughs> <laughs> This much. No. <laughs> My arms are super wide right now. No, no. Nah. <laughs> the X I, I came up on the X Men, so you know, like that's the like whenever when I go back and try to figure out like you know, people ask, What was your first comic? and stuff like that. I don't really remember my very, very first comic, but as far back as I can remember the first the first series I read was X Men. Um, or at least could I can coherently remember. Uh, like in, in several comics in a row, it was excellent, like around the 100s, uh, right after Gene got the Phoenix. So prior oh, to yeah. the Dark Phoenix saga is where I remember picking up. Uh, matter of fact, it was the very first arc I read was the X-Men fighting arcade. And, uh, nice. That was a good Yeah. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, 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 uh, that's where I started with X-Men. And like, they're, they're probably, I can't think of a team I like more. It's just that their cohesion and the way they fight is is uh, it, that's what's most endearing about them. And mm-hmm. then they they're not really the most powerful. Uh, I mean, unless you count like obviously the Phoenix and stuff like that. But the teamwork is what gets them through most stuff. I like that. So, how have you been enjoying uh, IVX then issues one to four? Uh, it's, yeah, it's been pretty good. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been pretty good. I kind of didn't like the, initially I didn't like the idea of them trying, it seemed like they're trying to kill off the X-Men for obvious rights issues. You know what I mean? Like, uh, with Fox and all that stuff. Um, so it, it seemed like they were going that route and then they've gone back and forth a little bit. Um, and as, after I read Death of X, uh, I really like, I like Death of X a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, so after I read that, I was pretty excited about, uh, the humans versus X-Men. So it hasn't disappointed yet. Okay. Very good. Cool. All right, Doc, you want to give us a rundown of three and four and we can. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, that, there's a, a lot happens. Um, uh, so in issue two, the X-Men just run roughshod over the Inhumans. They completely lay siege to New Adelan and capture most of the Inhumans, uh, trapping them in limbo. Um, Iso and Inferno managed to escape by uh, using Eldrak, and, and Eldrak sends them to this area and, and 
Alberta, Canada, where Forge is creating a machine that will nullify the Terrigen Cloud and thus make Earth safe for mutants. Um, surprisingly, uh, Inferno ends up defeating uh, Old Man Logan, much to the consternation of many X-Fans out there. Um, <laughs> And and ISO also defeats Forge. They destroy the machine and abduct Forge um, and uh, fly off. And they're like, we need to come up with a, a squad to rescue the uh, the royal Inhumans. So they they hop on the phone with with Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and said, get together, everyone you know, everyone loves you. So they'll definitely do what you say. <laughs> and, <laughs> so true. <laughs> And she puts together a, 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 a great squad made up of, um, of Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, Mosaic, Grid, Synapse, Daisy Johnson, and Reader. Um, sort of like a preview for Secret Warriors. Um, meanwhile... Ultimate Squad Girls. Yeah. Right? <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Jean Grey is continuing to try and keep Karnak at bay by uh, keeping him in this uh, illusionary world that he eventually is able to break out of, only to discover that he is in the world, which is this artificial realm where the Weapons Plus program was initiated. And now he has to fight Phantomax. Um, that's to be continued. Um, then da, 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 we find out the Black Bolt is being maintained in some sort of bizarre-looking stasis chamber because, well, frankly, because Charles Stoll doesn't know how to write Black Bolt, so he has to be nerfed and left on the sidelines <laughs> at all times. <laughs> or, he, or he has to whisper a word. Yes. He does the same with Crystal, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. The but next anyway. issue... Um, is even wilder. So, uh, and the fact the next... that they put this in 40 pages between the two issues is insane. But go ahead. Yes. The next <laughs> issue shows uh, Mosaic. He infiltrates Muir Island to try and find out where the X-Men have imprisoned the Inhumans. And, Stay away uh, from the blondes and the redheads. Stay away from the blondes <laughs> and the redheads. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's good life choices, guys. Good life choices. <laughs> Well, he he navigates around the blondes and the redheads and manages to jump into Magneto's head and get his helmet on just in time, um, leading to a wonderful scene where I, uh, where he's like, I need to excuse myself. I need to go, <laughs> so, to, the, I need to, go to the bathroom. I need so, to go oh, to the bathroom. That page is priceless. <laughs> now, Magneto has, you know, spent... Uh, he's been frenemies with Charles Xavier for so long that he has built up uh, psychic defenses, and he's actually able to um, expel Mosaic's presence from his body pretty fast. And not, not lose consciousness. And not lose consciousness. But fast, not fast enough that, that Mosaic is able to glean some very key information. Um, and uh, then he jumps into young Cyclops' body and and gets him into a blackbird and flies off. Meanwhile, the uh, the Royal Inhumans uh, come up with a exposition heavy way of escaping their prison in 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 limbo. They do that. They come across X Haven or the uh, Jean Grey School, and um, everything gets set up for a big monumental battle of Colossus versus all of them, which I don't know how that's going to go down, but it looks like it's going to be awesome. Um, then 
Uh, Mosaic returns to New Jersey and confronts the rest of uh, the, the, the younger inhuman crowd and is like, look, guys, there's something you all need to know. It turns out that the Terrigen Cloud is dispersing. In, in short time, the entire planet will be made um, uninhabitable to mutant life. We've been fighting for the wrong side. And, you know, Miss Marvel's like, whoa, we're not the good guys? <laughs> and it's on that um, awesome cliffhanger that the issue comes to an end. The next issue should come out in two weeks. I can't wait. Javier uh-huh. uh, Garen and, uh, provides the art for both issues. It, it, it's not the be- it's not his, his best work, but he's put put out like eighty pages in a month. So, right, you know, yeah, so yeah. props to that way, guy. way more than two a day. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, and actually, I still like his art. So, I'm I'm looking forward to what's he gonna? Is he he's on Secret Warriors? He's on Secret Warriors, which yeah. it turns out is not being released in April. It's being released in May. So that's why yeah. we haven't seen any any uh, interviews or preview art for it. So I actually um, I actually um, did my just uh, go off a slight tangent. I did my subscription list for basically the rest of the year, and a lot of the X Men books um, don't come out until April either or May, whichever one. Um, and I can't pre-order Black Bolt either, so that suggests that's probably coming out in May as well. Hmm. Fair enough. So both issues, um, whereas issues one and two were very X-Men heavy, with the X-Men kicking a lot of ass, uh, issues three and four was a little more Inhumans heavy, with the Inhumans, specifically the new humans, uh, kicking a little more butt. And um, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I don't know, Ivy, how's it been to read those last two issues as an X-Fan? <laughs> Well, um, I will say that I they could have had a they could have dedicated a couple more pages to Inferno versus Wolverine, yeah, <laughs> uh, or Logan. I won't call him Wolverine because X twenty three is Wolverine. Um, but uh, but to to old man Logan, uh, I don't. I'm not mad that he lost. I think that that is that was inevitable. He would have had to lose against against him for that to carry on. But I think he lost too quick for somebody of Wolverine's experience or Logan's experience. Um, and Inferno being so not new, new, but relatively new compared to that. So that was my only gripe with that. Um, Mosaic, Mosaic and, and the Magneto deal. Um, we don't know. I, well, I don't know yet. I still have to see you guys' last episode. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent how Mosaic's powers work yet. Well, I don't think he is either. See, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say there's, there's, there's a few things in there that in the last episode we did with uh, Jeffrey Thorne that he mentioned right. where um, where you, where nobody could see Mosaic until they'd been possessed by him, mm-hmm. um, which kind of begs the question: Why could Miss Marvel, Reader, all the new who you know the, the new humans, um, why they could see him? Because that wasn't really well explained. I didn't think um, in episode. And, oh yeah, in in uh, issue what was that three yeah, well, I believe yeah, or issue, issue four well issue three issue four when kind of reader and that all got together and and yeah it just mm-hmm. seems it just seems a bit odd that they could see him you know what I mean it's... well the mosaic solo series is occurring a good deal before all this it's in the past 
mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. And you know, he's his he's learning his powers at a very rapid rate, so there's all sorts of changes that could happen. Um and it could also just be an editorial blunder because uh Soul and Lemire might not be aware that that, that I don't, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's a blunder. I think it's more what she said about it happening in, happening in the past. Because there is a line in there where, so in, in, in his own, in Mosaic's own book, he says, Oh, I can, you can, I guess I can, uh, you can only see me after I come out of you. And then after I, you know, come out of your body or whatever. Um, but there was a line in IVX where he says, um, only who I want to see me or, or whoever, who he wants to see him. Somebody says that line. Yeah, so okay. may, maybe that's something he figures out. Oh, I missed that. So good yeah, catch. Yeah, I missed that as well. That's, yeah, it's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I believe that was in four. I can't remember who said it, but somebody definitely said whether he wants you to see him or not. Yeah, it's on the very first page of issue four. He's he's chatting with Reader. Okay, um, yeah. I, I missed that one. Um, that, 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 that could probably be something he figured out, I guess. Hey, so, I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty great... Uh, main stage debut debut for uh, Mosaic because you know I have to imagine a lot of people reading this this is their first exposure to him mm-hmm. and and he came off as very cool a lot of fun and also he gets to be the one in human who lays it out for them uh, we're on the wrong side you know we're I don't we think don't... he's necessarily said we're on the wrong side he just said he just said this is what's these are the facts. Yeah, this is what's going And Miss Marvel says, Who, who's the bad guys here? Right. Well, he's, he says, this is the key information. This is... Yeah. So he's, he's being more analytical than he is actually taking any sides at the moment. So it's yeah, Miss Marvel is... that's kind of questioning the situation and kind of questioning her own feelings on it. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It's also clever how they played that. If yeah. you notice uh, in, in issue one, uh, Beast knows... And yeah. Beast goes to the X Men first out of respect for his original team. Um, and when he when he goes to them to have that argument, he's like, you know, peace, I'm out. And Storm is like, yeah, no. <laughs> so she they they lock they lock Beast up before he gets a chance to go tell the Inhumans to even that. I mean, that probably could have stopped a lot of conflict if Beast would have got. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't have had that argument. Beast got out. It could have stopped some conflict because Beast said. Uh, you know, he he would have told them, "Hey, the cloud's going to explode, and you know, the, the Earth is going to be un- uninhabitable for mutants." Yeah. He never got to tell them that. See this, but this I don't. Is... I don't fully blame the X Men. I mean, they've spent their whole lives being feared and hated and all that jazz, and um, they might not want to give up the element of surprise. I mean, for all True. they know, Medusa would be like, "Oh, that's going to happen." sucks for you <laughs> you know um. <laughs> this, this is kind of when we got you on ivy because it was kind of trying to get that balance of opinions um mm-hmm. and uh because we, we obviously we're in you know in a human space podcast so it's, it's really good to kind of have that different opinion mm-hmm. so um on that note <laughs> we went to comic book resources where we're fairly active mm-hmm. and we asked for people's thoughts so if it's right with you can i just like Put some put some thoughts to you and see how you feel on that. You said some okay, yeah, sure. So so somebody submitted this to our um, email address, 
And they said, so deep breath, <laughs> Inhumans different from the mutants in many ways, and one of these is that their culture is an important aspect of the Inhumans, whereas mutants lack a unifying cultural identity. Because of this, people who are fans of a group with an underlying cultural drive gravitate to the Inhumans, whereas people who prefer stories about people who break away from cultures or are outcasts are prone to being mutant fans. In the current conflict, one of the crucial points is that must, uh, the, one of the crucial points that must be considered is that Terrigen is a cornerstone of inhuman society. Now, Inhumans fans, which are predispos uh, predisposed to valuing that sort of thing, see this as something worth fighting for, while people who empathise most with the people who have been rejected or, uh, are, or, re or have rejected society will see it as unimportant. <clears throat> a source of contention on the CBR forums... Um, which, you know, <laughs> I can say a step, kind of stay away from, has been the assumption from X-Fans that the cloud's only value is that it gives people's powers, whilst the human fans seem to just assume that people understand and respect that it also gives people purpose. Mm -hmm. um, or ordains their place in society and <laughs> provides it for the whole, uh, for the whole in a way that is greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I'm going to stop there because this is a long email and I, I just kind of, what, what's your, What's your uh, thoughts on that, then? Uh, okay, so I 100% agree with the the cultural aspect. That the human, the Terrigen is more than just oh, give me powers. It's it's definitely more than that. It's it is definitely a cornerstone of the culture. Uh, however, uh, with the Inhumans are where they're not being fair, in my opinion, is that while that that cloud is something that represents them and something that represents their culture it is indirect it's it's not it's deadly to other people like and they know that it's deadly and yeah. they are being very lax about solving the problem like if they really cared is i think that they should care about the fact that it's killing mutants you know it's not even it's not even they're just getting sick it's not even they're just you know it's definitely killing mutants then they should find a way to subdue the cloud uh, or get rid of it until they find another way to uh, find Terrigen or reproduce or whatever. I mean, I know it's not that easy, but it's not. It's also not deathly to them at that moment where it is deathly to somebody else. Right. You, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so they're not. They're like sure if they got rid of the Terrigen, like we know they don't want to get rid of it. Sure if they got rid of it, they're like, oh, how are we gonna? make more humans or whatever, and this represents our culture. Yeah, but you're killing other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, that, that's, that, that's right, yeah. It's, that's kind of where, that, where I stand on that. It's, honestly, the, I like the humans a whole lot. I, I do. But that logic there is not, it's just not fair. So I'm, I'm definitely for the X-Men uh, saying, yo, let's get rid of it. <laughs> you know? I, they don't I want think, to get rid of it. I, I think there is a, a big difference between. Oh, well, firstly, actually, I'd say thank you to a guy called Ryan Brandos who actually submitted that. Um, but I think I think the the Inhumans as a whole they differ quite greatly between the Royal Inhumans and the sort of the New Humans here, Miss Marvel and Mosaic. Think... Sorry, carry on, Tara. No, I totally lost my train of thought. It's okay, oh. keep going. But um, yeah, so you kind of get a difference of thought between the the new humans and the royals because the royals are very set in their ways whereas the new humans seem to be very um they 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 it seems they want to be a part of this culture but it just seems to be you know they're kind of morally trying to deal with that which you saw at the end of IVX4 right yeah. right 
Um, because again, again, I, I think on the, you know, not in the book, you know, outside of the fourth wall, it was clever on the writer's part for Beast to not have passed that information along or things would have happened differently. Right. You know, so the fact well, that, they, you know. Well, it's been an interesting experience for me because while, you know, I've been an Inhumans fan forever and I'm definitely rooting for them, mm-hmm. I think the X-Men are right. I, uh, you know, the... I mean, culture is important, uh, religion is important, but if it entails people dying, <laughs> that's right. where I draw the line. Yeah. Um, I, f- I just feel like they have to figure it out later. You have to figure well, the Terrigen part out later, in my opinion. Well, here's the thing, though, too, is that now we've got Maximus, who's discovered the formula for the Terrigen crystals. So yeah, and how is he going to use that to screw everyone up? <laughs> well, yeah, but it also... He's going to try, yeah, he's, he's going to try to get Something he want as long as it's fun for him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't necessarily have to screw people over because you know he goes back and forth from saving the humans to screwing them over. But as long as it's fun, <laughs> he'll he'll figure stuff out. As long as there's chaos. Because like it looks like we've got like all the solutions all in one tiny little pot, but I feel like that's just gonna blow the shit up. Yeah. Well, well it's I weird. Think... It's weird because. You know, the two titles, I mean, the X-Books and the Inhumans are, are, are utilizing this theme, but in very different ways. You know, for the X-Men, it's about, you know, being on the edge of extinction, about having their whole race destroyed. Whereas for the Inhumans, it's about uh, cultural assimilation, about having their culture eliminated and having, you know, because Adelan crash, they're stuck on Earth, they're, they're immigrants, for lack of a yeah, that's true. And if 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 the Terrigen is completely nullified, then they are forced to assimilate to regular human standards, which mm. is also awful. Um, so n- neither side is wrong, and neither side is right. And I think you know if you can take a step back from how much you love these characters and just look at it in more kind of metaphorical level, it's quite interesting. It's um, you know, I like these kind of conflicts because it offers a, a safe fantasy space to think about real-life um, situations mm-hmm. that are similar. Um, and it's, uh, I think, of fans, get, they lose the point because they hate things so much um, that they hate, they hate, you know, they hate the other characters so much that they um, are able to... Um, to look at things from both directions, which sort of defines point. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I, I don't, that's something I don't like. Uh, Saren was telling me about the fans who are hating so hard on the humans because of where this was going or, or so, something to that effect. And I'm just like, <laughs> first of all, it's a story. <laughs> You're supposed <laughs> to take it in story value. You know, people coming up and uprising and like, Pushing creators off and out of their jobs because they're pissed about a group, right? I, I just don't understand that. <laughs> well, I, I was I was referencing to uh, when James Asmus announced that all new Inhumans was canceled, and the amount of people that tweeted to him, "Thank God!" and "Oh, now you can get started on an X book." And I just, it's <laughs> like, really? Yeah, that's that's that kind of divisiveness doesn't make any sense. And in comic books, I, I, I don't understand that kind of divisiveness in comic books. Like when I get on Twitter or something like that, and I'm arguing with people uh, about comic book stuff, the, argu- the argument is not 
real. Like it's not. I mean, it's it's a debate, but it's not. I'm not speaking from a place of actual anger. I'm just debating why there's no way Magneto could defeat Thor. You know, <laughs> for, for example, what somebody brought up before. You know what I mean? It's not. It's a fun discussion. It's not. But people will get serious about it for whatever reason. You know. Yeah, I think that's where where I was because um, I got incredibly serious on the resources forums. And um, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of felt to myself, I had to step away because I was, I was trying too hard to try and justify a fictional book. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, I mean, but to... it, sorry, carry it, on. It's, it's, it's still fun to justify. It. I mean, you know, that's having conversation about it like, like, like this. It's still fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, um, I guess it's just people getting actually angry at another group, like you know, like those X Men fans saying, "Oh." God, I'm glad the Inhumans book is over. Like, that's not cool, man. No, yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't think the the necessarily that saying that the Inhumans are committing genocide. I don't. I really don't think. Well, maybe at this point they might be, but initially when they first blew up Adelan, I don't think they did it with the intent to go, "Hey, let's kill a lot of people." So, <laughs> you know, no, no. I, I, in fact, it was. I mean, the Terrigen bomb was released to stop Thanos. Yeah, right. It, it right. was a. Uh, and, and that's one of the, the, the things that I kept arguing against on the CBR forums, because there was a guy who said, oh, they didn't just release one cloud, they released two. And I'm like, well, they didn't release them. You know, Black Bolt was trying to protect people. <laughs> so, and, well, you know, there that... was some indication that Black Bolt was going to release that bomb regardless. Wow. That... Yeah. Yeah. There, there's well, a remember, question. He tried to do it in War of Kings, too, and Crystal stopped him. So yeah. mm-hmm. keep that in mind. True. Um, true. I mean, yeah, it's it's. Uh, but again, it's fictional characters. I mean, I, I run a, a a fan site on Tumblr, and I'll get anonymous asks like, "How can you be a fan of of racist, genocidal slave owners? What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow. whoa, <laughs> wow, yeah, that is a bit, that is a bit far. Um. But it, 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 I'm not. I'm serious. He'll he'll re, Bach will reblog some of them once in a while, and you just sit there and you go, "Are you fucking serious?" Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> True. Are, are these things slave owners due to the uh, uh, alpha you, primitives? Alpha yeah. primitives. Yeah, that, that's, that's, I'm guessing that's what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I can't. I can't remember when the alpha primitives stopped being a thing. Um, I remember reading that originally humans. They were, you know, ran the city and stuff from underground. Um, yeah, I can't they, remember. They stopped being a thing. Well, they haven't really appeared much since Infinity, have they? So, no. Which, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's a dark, bad chapter in the Inhumans' history. But it's it's the kind of thing like you never want to sweep that stuff under the rug because you know I live in America and yeah. we also have a dark past history of being a slave state and. And if, you know, those who forget their past are doomed to repeat it. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, that never happened. Um, I don't like the Inhumans because they're morally wonderful. I like them because they are so flawed and weird. Um, it's, it's weird because because they are almost too human in that respect. Which, <laughs> you know, compared to, their, compared yeah, to the are. name of them, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's like you're, like you're saying about, you know, America remembering your past and that sort of stuff. Well, I'm British and we, you know, <laughs> we had like three quarters of the globe and we were oppressing everybody wherever we went. And, 
you know you can't you can't try and repeat that because it's just you know ridiculous really but I, I do think they directly addressed it at one point uh, via Maximus, uh, Volume Two or Three, maybe of Inhumans. I can't remember which stories, which which volume it was, but uh, well, you just you know, binged on them in like two days. So <laughs> no, no, not those, not those. Uh, this is old Inhuman stuff. Um, yeah, the, the, the ones I binged, I did. She's right. I binged uh, with all new Inhumans and I and Inhuman. That's what, those are the two that I read in the past few days. That's um, fun. Which was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. But the Alpha Primitives thing, uh, Maximus actually had an uprising in which he used the plight of the Alpha Primitives um, in an old story. Um, yes, right. I can't remember which one it was, though. I think I, I, that's it was, wasn't it? It was a, it was a crossover that a, a, occurred in both the pages of the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, where um, Maximus created this giant robot that was actually fueled, strangely enough, it was fueled by the collective guilt of all the Inhumans over the fact <laughs> that they that they owned slaves. Um, and, oh God! Is yeah. that the same issue where Ultron Seven came? Ultron uh, Seven later came around and used the body of this robot to to uh, <laughs> to do it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> I shortly there. Short. This is back in this. Early eighties, late seventies. I, I heard it's um, on Marvel Unlimited because I just I just subscribed to that this week and I'm just binging on ev- everything I can get my hands on. Shortly <laughs> thereafter, Black Bolt, you know, made a decree that that there will be no more slavery on on Adelan. Um, mm. So he kind of Abraham Lincoln the whole thing. Um, and <laughs> um, but you know, the, the that guilt persists and. Um, you know, I'm a second generation American. I shouldn't feel guilty, perhaps, but I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm a, I'm a white guy. I benefit from, from all the privileges that come with that and the history of slavery in America. And these are things we should never forget. And I like the idea that, that, um, the inhumans have this dark aspect to their history and that they practice eugenics and they practiced uh, uh, slavery and they had a caste system because those flaws and problems should never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the X-Men, and I love the X-Men too, they get to be you know, they're always in the right. <laughs> you know, they're all, they're always not to the point of being sectimonious, but they are righteous across the board, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. But at the same time, it, it doesn't make the audience think about things in their own life they should change, in their own perspective they should change. Isn't that everybody's problem with Beast at the moment, though? Oh, Beast! Because because I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I I started when I started reading comics in twenty. When was it? Twenty twelve. Um, I quite liked Beast, and I thought he was actually fairly realistic. And I think in IVX, it's kind of just almost justified my view because he wanted to go and tell the Inhumans he doesn't want a war. And I don't know, I kind of like him for that. <coughs> well, that makes one of you. <laughs> Beast, Beast, so Beast is bothering me right now. I'm kind of glad that, that Storm shocked him in the back. <laughs> <laughs> because uh which also brings back some history from storm uh that she doesn't play games but i, I won't get into that <laughs> but uh 
Be, uh, so, so Beast is very much the the I will do whatever it takes to save my race, uh, the mutant race. Whatever it happened, it happened back after No More Mutants uh, with House of M. Uh, he had several issues, I believe, in Uncanny. I think he was in Uncanny and the Legacy X Men, where yeah, he's, he's uh, Uncanny, yeah, I think so. Where he, yeah, where he was sol- he was trying to solve the problems, and he he spoke to everybody. He went to Dark Beast. He went to, I think, I think at one point he spoke to Doom and some of the other, the Mr. Dark. Sinister. Yeah, oh yeah, Mr. Sinister. Yeah, he, he just, he was doing everything he could to try to solve the problem. And that's the beast I know. This beast where he goes forward, see, beast is trying to play the neutral ground. That's, that's his problem right now. He's like, well, yeah, you guys are my original family, but I like the Inhumans too because I hung out with them for the bad day. But, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, so he tries to walk off like that. Yeah, Storm had complete right to shoot him in the back like that because it's like, really, dude? Like, you're so you're gonna you, you think you're just gonna walk out of here and then what? Maybe tip him off to you're gonna you're basically going to possibly get us all killed. Is 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 kind of where the X Men are coming from? The you stakes know? were too high to take a risk. They had right. they had they had to do what they did. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of like he was turning his back on them. Like he chose the Inhumans at that moment, and I'm not cool with that. <laughs> well, I, I think I think the biggest argument um, Inhumans fans will make at that point is the fact that Beast had been doing something and he'd been using all the resources that Inhumans had given him, and you know he he knew the most about like Inhuman uh, mutant physiology and that sort of stuff, and he was just trying to you know do the best he could. But I, I guess <laughs> to a lot of people, it wasn't enough. Yeah, it's just it's just out of character like for the fact that he's oh that's 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 the thing that bothers me i'm sorry uh he says i we can we can leave or die well yeah. when he said yeah when he said that i was like beast i'm done because <laughs> he sounded like he wanted to go off to a different planet or something exactly <laughs> he, yeah. he didn't even bring up and that's where i like magneto at that point as many times as i hated magneto in the past for different reasons and hated hate love you know like i love that he's like that but hate because he's villainous or he was villainous but i i like magneto in that moment yeah i'm glad you said that because last installment we had a lot of magneto hate <laughs> yeah, and Je- jeffrey ford does not like magneto at all so. <laughs> in the least and i'm actually a big time magneto a long time magneto fan um i'm quite a big fan of magneto as well because i, I care less I spe- well I, I quite like uh, the way that cullen bunn um writes him um because he just he just it's just been such a great run with cullen bunn on both magneto solo and uncanny uncanny so, yes yeah. 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 yeah he's he's definitely a fan um yeah, Magneto is—he's—he's uh, he's a badass. <laughs> and, um, he's one of the best villains ever created. Period. Like he—he just—he's one of the tops. Um, not because of his power level or anything like that, but because of his his ideology. That's what makes him up there. He's—he's—he has a complex ideology, and the reasons he switches from like even if you look at how he switches from being what he was in like you know the 60s, 70s X Men to you know, trying to run this at some point in the eighties, he tries to run the school with the new mutants, you know, and then he goes on to uh, up to now where he's trying to help out the X-Men or, or if you even look at the alternate past where in age of apocalypse, where he's leading the X-Men. Yeah. That, it makes sense how he switches to that. It's not just like, Oh, I'm good now. You know, <laughs> you can see the things that, that, that drive him to yeah. say, okay, I need to help. This is not just about 
me. You know, he, he realized when he was he's basically walking off the path and he needs to bring himself back. You know. Well, yeah, Chris Claremont made you know he transformed him into like a mustache twirling cad to <laughs> a really a really compelling character by devote you know talking about his backstory, his experiences in Auschwitz and being yeah. a survivor and how like he's never going to let that happen again. And it's just like you feel for him. You're like, yeah, I'm with you, brother. Let's let's do this. Let's. <laughs> um, even though anybody who claims to be the superior race is by definition going to make me think screw you but like <laughs> right, i right. can I, I can see where he's coming from you know and uh he's he's multifaceted more villains like him i think he's toned that down a little bit i don't think he's done with it the the superior, the, the superior thing mm-hmm. um, oh no i think he don't. definitely believes it still um however he understands the need to uh get along with you know the normal human population or not yeah but I, he's definitely still of the mind that you know we're we're, we're mutants and we're better <laughs> so I was, I was about to go on a slightly different tangent um to be honest with you uh, have you seen the um solicitation for the final issue of extraordinary x-men of extra no i have not seen that so um the cover of it shows um jean gray picking up the little Sort of the little plaque that says Jean Grey School of Higher Education, and mm-hmm. um, it's basically it looks like they're leaving Limbo, which is great, but it also looks like a destroyed school essentially, and it was completely and utterly destroyed. So, mm-hmm. do you have any <laughs> any thoughts on how IVX will end? Or is that is that what what issue number is that? Is that number twenty that is ending? Um, yeah, nineteen or twenty. Yeah. Issue. yeah, okay. So I think that uh, so first of all. <laughs> That lead off at the end of issue four. Um, I, I need to see Colossus fight like all the Inhumans. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I don't think he's going to beat them all, but I think he is going to put several of them down by himself. Yeah, because easily. Colossus is that real. Colossus is a people. So uh, I think people. Colossus is kind of he's really kind-hearted. Uh, he's been hardened over the years, though, and he's always. Uh, except for when he's dealing with uh, Ileana. Um, he's always holding back, uh, unless he's dealing with his sister. Uh, post being the juggernaut, he's been far more hardened. I, I, so think, I, don't... I think you can tell by that, by the uh, by the handlebar mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that'll be a good fight. I think, I think the school will probably be destroyed in that conference. Yeah. I think... I think it's, it's going to have to be something epic level like that. Like, dude, we cannot put Colossus down. He's like the freaking hog. We got to figure something. Somehow, the school is going to get destroyed in that conflict. I think. I think that kind of worries me some uh, somewhat because you know, being potentially a bit more on the side of the Inhumans than I'm on the X Men, it kind of it, it's if it happens, it's going to paint an even worse picture. I think to a lot of people, which you know, kind of kind of concerns me a little bit. Maybe not, because, I mean, my suspicion <laughs> is that IVX will end with the Terrigen Cloud destroyed, which means that the X-Men no longer need to stay in X-Haven. They can go back to the real world, um, and uh, there's no need to maintain that school anymore. Yeah, well, um, I, I, th- I think the fact that they, they purposefully moved it from um, Westchester to Limbo, and they, they literally picked up the school and just, like, teleported it, and it was kind of... 
why don't they do that again? Why, why destroy it? <laughs> well, because I don't know, or maybe the... a bunch of demons come and destroy it, and they all wind up fighting demons. Yeah, that's kind of what I True. kind of hope for. To be honest with you, where, where is well, magic right now? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, good point. Well, the 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 Twitter teaser has us to has has indicated that the big fight is going to be between Gorgon and Colossus. Yeah, um, that sounds good. I, sounds, I saw yeah, that, that coming. I don't know. I still want to see a Crystal and Storm showdown, but I, and I just think Crystal's every bit as powerful as Storm. She's basically the freaking avatar of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> and I yeah, just she, feel like she's been nerfed, and I just want to yeah, Crystal she, and Storm yeah, showdown, because I think Crystal could every bit hold her own against Storm, at least for a little while, but Crystal does have some limits on her powers, but... I, I think Black Bolt's going to come back into play. Yeah, there's going to yes. be. So I, yeah. Black Bolt, that, that's the big one. The Black Bolt and or Karnak. <laughs> well, poten- I, I suppose potentially there's... Yeah, I, I suppose potentially that there's going to be um, Black Bolt kind of getting out of his chamber, wherever it is. And uh, he could destroy the school, we don't know. That's possible. Oh, true. But would well, he on purpose? I, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 X-Men Blue and Gold is set to be their their team is now going to be situated in Manhattan and um you can't have a school that size in Manhattan property values alone will just shut it down. <laughs> so that, so not Westchester. So it's not going to be Westchester. Well, Westchester's not any better really. <laughs> um well, yeah, true. So I think that the cover might be a little bit of hyperbole of just you know Yeah. Jeff Lemire yeah. saying so long to his tenure as. I was gonna say, is he as, is, is Jeff Lemire, Lemire, whatever his name is, uh, is he leaving the X Men? Is he? Yes. Okay, that's for that's a shame. Um, Mark Guggenheim is taking over that title. Okay. Or yes. the version of that title. Yeah. Uh, with Colin Bunn writing the other one, which will be about the O five, which I can't believe it. So who's, who's who's who are the women that are writing? Aren't aren't there women writing a team book? The, the uh, Generation X, um, <clears throat> and I'm going to pick that up just to support them. So you I'm might not, get me on a, an X-Men I'm, book yet, guys. I don't I'm like the X-Men. Familiar, I'm sorry, I can't stand them. Oh, <laughs> human go. for and free. Well, I just the fans have turned me so off. It's like I look at an Inhuman book and I feel, or not an Inhuman book, an X Men book, and I just kind of feel sick to my stomach even thinking about well, picking it up. It's terrible. Well, gen- it's, genuinely, it's... genuinely, I mean, Ivy kind of shows it here. Genuinely, X Men fans aren't all that bad. I know. <laughs> I know he's good people. That's why I asked him on the show. No, X Men fans like myself are are great. There is a very vocal minority who we yeah. know. Who, is, who are angry? <laughs> and that bothers but, me because, like, like even even like for what Saren said, um, they're they're acting, they're all up in arms about this, and it makes people not want to read the books. You know, that's sad because books would just be read because they're fun. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's just it just sucks. <laughs> it, it does, well, I think, and I, I, think I do, the, and I try uh, to look past that, but it's very hard. Yeah, the Resurrection Initiative. All these new books come out should once and for all, put down the conspiracy theory that Marvel's trying to get rid of the X-Men. You hope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I spoke to Peter David. Like, I, I make sure I do for, like, at least 15 to 30 minutes every year at Dragon Con. Um, I, I always just, like, hang out to the panel. I'm like, hey, so what's going on? So, anyways, uh, uh, he, he pretty much straight up said, dude, Marvel's not getting rid of the X-Men. 
X-Men. Marvel is never going to get rid of the X-Men. Whoever's dreaming that up needs to just stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's basically what Jeffrey Thorne said last week, too. They're like, why would they get rid of one of their biggest cash cows? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, yeah. And also, you can kind of see their, uh, their point of view because you've got Legion coming out, which is the, quite a big TV show. Um, and you're going to have the Inhumans in the, in September, uh, which are probably going to have books lining up and out the door. And you can have both because I think Inhuman, I don't know. I just think they're really fascinating. And I think it's really just Marvel tapping into a, um, underused franchise and that they're pitting them against the X-Men, which is one of their biggest, has actually probably given the Inhumans a lot of spotlight. Yeah. Even if it's not necessarily positive spotlight because. For better or worse. I was right. going to say, all, 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 um, what's the word? Not all news is. Yeah, not all, not all what you said. <laughs> yeah. Basically that news is, is publicity regardless of whether it's good or bad and it's going to get people to yeah. look into it. Like fake news. Uh-huh. Let's not go there. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, sorry. Uh, Ivy, since we have you on, who who are your favorite X Men? Uh, number one is X twenty three. Laura, one of yeah. my favorites. X twenty three is my favorite. I do like that book. X twenty three is my favorite character in Marvel. Period. So that's the easy one. <laughs> have you, uh, have you been to all new? Uh, all new uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's. I will say it's. It's been good. Uh, it's very. The very beginning was really good. It, it's kind of dropping a little bit, or around issue fifteen, it dropped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, it got slow. Like there's a couple of just slow issues where nothing really happened. Um, I haven't read the most recent issue, so I'll see what happens to that. Uh, but no, all new Wolverine has been really good, especially the first dozen or so issues. Yeah, I think what's it? What's the guy's name? Is it Taylor? Um, right, I look at the name again. I, I forget. It's something Taylor, so, I think, but he's pretty good. Tom Taylor. Yeah, the author. Yeah, yeah it's Tom he's, Taylor. He's good. In issue number two of IVX, uh, Laura showed a more savage and killer side than I'm used to seeing. Where did you find that out of character for her? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. See, Laura is... So, Laura's current book is the out-of-character Laura. I, I won't say out-of-character, but, I mean, just using if relative to the to those terms, Laura would be more out-of-character how she has most recently been. She's recently coming into that holding back to the more heroic side thing. Yeah. Uh, Laura, Laura is... I like Laura because I like Wolverine to begin with. And Laura is the clean Wolverine story. There's no hidden history you know like if you if you read her books from the beginning you know everything that happened uh that's what's fun about laura uh even even she even you see her her uh character development from that story killing machine to who she is now you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. so the the laura you see now is the more out of character laura so whenever you see her go back to that kind of savage side that's the laura that i'm used to I was about to say grow up woman. I didn't grow up on her, but she's relatively new compared to yeah. other X-Men. Just but wouldn't you say that her book now, even if, if you would say it's out of character, but wouldn't it count as character development that he's kind of tapped into that more human side of her rather than the savage side all the time? No, no. she, she Yeah, no, I agree. She's where she should be. I, I just mean relative to the statement. Um, I, she has grown to that. She's definitely there, especially after her time working with... Uh, Working with the, the all new X Men, 
uh, well, yeah, and prior to that, uh, working with the the, the newer X Men. What are they called? The uh, the young X Men. The young X Men. All new X Men, right? Uh, Rock. Well, no, no, not, no, not the all new year. Oh, well, like um, oh, Academy like Rock X. Slide, yeah, like Rock Slide and Anol and and uh, Pixie and those guys. Yeah, right uh, back when she had a romance with Hellion. Right, yeah, and Hellion. So that's when she started becoming more human. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that that relationship is what that's where her character really started to change because she was starting to let feelings in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those were so great, man. I love that series. <laughs> I, the uh, new X-Men Academy X. I can't believe they just ended it. It was such a good book. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. But she, yeah, she's my favorite character. She's, she's your favorite. Now, do you have a, a favorite in human? Oh, man. <laughs> so thus, thus far. the See, that, that's a little bit hard. It's between... So the easy answer is Black Bolt, but no. <laughs> I, just, I just like Black Bolt because but that's I can't really say he's my favorite. Uh, it's between Medusa and Karnak. Uh, good choices, very good choices. Uh, Med- Medusa is is because it's not even her. It's her the way she handles the. Oh, she's a queen in every sense of the word. Yes, is that that is that exact <laughs> the way she's diplomatic? She makes the right decision all the time. Yeah. Or not? Oh no, I'm sorry. That's not that's not really true. That's, I, don't want, I don't want to say No, that. but she's a queen. She does what's best for the inhumans rather yes. than what's best for She makes the hard decisions. Yeah. Right. She, right there, there, there we go. We, she makes the hard decisions. So. She, she's Emma Frost without plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> she's and, more and reasonable maybe than being as, She's definitely not as unbalanced as Emma seems to be either. Not that I know a lot about Emma, but Emma seems kind of unbalanced. Oh, she is. Nice yeah. she is. Emma is conflicting <laughs> with her past. Uh, yeah. Emma is very... So she's a good guy now, but she's still not really a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. She switched to being a good, fighting for the good side, but her past is very much still in her personality. It's like she's, she's changed. A pony yeah, she's kind of like changed who she fights for, but her morals have remained the same. Well, uh, yes, whatever works better for her. Yeah. Well, she's not quite that bad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's 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 well, I, I, I do think so, that. IVX will end with her being a villain once again. You, you think, hmm, that's actually... <laughs> that's actually... I can see that happening. <laughs> so so how how do you see uh, IVX actually ending? I mean, obviously, we're all going on the assumption that the Terrigen Cloud is going to be destroyed. We, we kind of think that's just going to happen regardless. But how do you think it's going to end between the two sides? We have five and six left, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so based on how I know big events work and the fact that there's only going to be five and six after this, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a big conflict that's going to happen in issue five is going to be the big. It's yeah. going to be a big conflict that happens in five. Big fight happens. Possibly people may die. <laughs> possibly. I mean, I don't want anybody to die, but it's possible. Um, and I think that in the middle of this conflict, the new humans, uh, led by Kamala Khan are going to, inch, are, are, are going to, uh, Say, hey guys, this is what's going on. And somewhere around that time, Maximus is going to show his secret plan to somebody in some way. However, Maximus does that. But it's going to be something between that. It's going to be introduction of, yo, this is the real situation with the X-Men. And they're going to die if we don't stop this. And then conveniently, Maximus does his thing. 
You know. Convenient. Well, you see, you see, because I, I have a theory on the whole end of it, and I think it kind of aligns similarly to how you've kind of said there. I, I, I think personally, I don't think it's going to be the X Men or the royal family that get rid of the Terrigen Cloud. I think now it might be that new, new and human team. Yeah. Cause yeah. Because it, it just seems to make a bit of sense, but. Mm-hmm. I think I they, yeah, I think the young and human team may side with uh, the X Men. Potentially. Because you've got Synapse and Moon Girl who never really wanted anything to do with the Inhumans anyway. And you've got Miss Marvel that's questioning herself. Right, you've got Miss Marvel questioning herself, and then you've got Mosaic who is kind of a dick and really <laughs> doesn't play by anyone's rules but his own. I think he's and just going to defect rule side anyway. <laughs> you think well, he might? For me, <laughs> what I'm most interested in what's going to happen is what Medusa's going to choose to do when she finds out that that maintaining the cloud will will make the earth uninhabitable. I, I mean, what her will... ultimate decision will be, so much hinges on that because I can see her going in either direction. And I can if... too, and I kind of want to see, and this is where I've been disappointed in Uncanny a little bit, is that not exploring that conflict between Crystal and Medusa. Because I think out of all of the royal family, Crystal is the most superhero out of all of them. Absolutely, yeah. And mm. I feel like Crystal, hearing that news, would actually probably side with the mutants. So I'm kind of intrigued to see. And I just feel like Crystal's needed a bigger role in this so, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I just think. <laughs> I think that I think it's like uh, Ivy said. I think issue five is going to be the main sort of battle, if you yeah. like. But it's going to be the royals in there against Colossus, and then you can have the new Inhumans going out and trying to find some sort of Terrigen disposal system, and then potentially Mosaic trying to or ISO and Forge building it. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And it's going to be a. Hmm. I think it's going to be an interesting end. I don't think it's going to end how we think it's going to end. And well. Um, my prediction is that, is that the X-Men and, and humans will end up working together to destroy the cloud. Yeah. Everything will mm-hmm. be somewhat happy, but that Emma's not going to be satisfied. She still wants blood. And that it, that the, the final conflict will actually be both sides versus Emma Frost. Could it be? Could, right, oh. Okay. So, oh, all right. We'll so, see. So tin, tin for, tin for we'll hat. Have you back. We'll have you back when it all ends, Ivy, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so just quickly, tin for hat time. What if it's uh, just Black Bolt versus Emma, as it should have been at the end of Death of X? Oh. That'd be awesome. And then it's Emma's just like die. Emma standing in front of the school. <laughs> Black Bolt unleashes hell, and then it destroys the school. Eh? Eh? Yeah. There you go. I could bet. <laughs> well, the yes. solicitation has us to believe that the big final battle will be between Medusa and, and yeah, Emma and Frost. Frost. And well, isn't Medusa's hair like as tough as a diamond? Or tougher? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's that tough. Medusa has had her mind controlled by the wizard, so Emma Frost should have no problem mind controlling her. No, this is true. I mean, I love Medusa, but she, <laughs> there's no yeah. way she's standing a chance against Emma Frost. She's an Omega level in u- mutant. This yeah, her, so she would, she would need to go up against Black Bolt then. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. I mean, it's uh, it's been a fun. I mean, despite the the animosity that it's brought up with some members of the fan community, I thought it's been. I feel like it's been a really fun event book, and I'm not yeah. someone who likes event books. Oh, same. So. Yeah. Um, I love that it's been 
released at a rapid pace. You know, I look at like Secret Wars. It came out over the course of a year. It's like I, I stopped being interested after a while. Well, the fact they're doing this one, two issues a month, just keeping up the momentum. Pow, pow, pow. It's been awesome, and I cannot wait for the resurrection books they all look fantastic. oh i'm so excited i i'm i am so excited for royals like and i know i keep saying it but that book is going to be crazy I'm, I'm excited for all of the books i'm excited for both x-men yeah. and inhumans because yeah uh, i think x-men have kind of been what i've bought consistently over the course of the last five years you know humans came around in 2013 2014 you know the newer books got into them then and and you know, but it's always been X Men have always been a constant for me, which is uh, so. I, I kind of this is why I feel a bit sort of, you know, I kind of want to detach myself from that whole argument. <laughs> so I I forget Ivy, maybe you'll have, uh, have have recalled better than I. Is is Laura going to be a member of the new um, Weapon X book? Uh, I don't know. I I see. I looked at it. Um, I kind of looked at the. I don't like think the she is. Reviews, but I didn't really look at the individual books that hard, so I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm um, under the impression she's not, but I could be wrong. I would like her to be, but. <laughs> well, it's a double edged sword because the book is being illustrated by Greg Land. And, uh, Land! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not fans. I gotta remember how his. I gotta look at some samples of his art. Oh, well, like, oh I can, I can just I can, um, Spider Woman, Spider Verse, and you'll realize why you don't like him. I'd love, or just pick up an issue of Maxim magazine, and you're basically <laughs> seeing the same thing. Yeah. Oh <laughs> wait, is Greg Land the dude that drew the controversial picture of Wonder Woman? No, that was Milo Minera. Oh, Did Wonder Woman. The... No, that was oh, uh, that was that was Cho. Frank Cho. Frank. Frank. Oh, Frank Cho. Okay, that's right. But one one last really important question that we've kind of got to ask in all the guests on the show. Um, <laughs> yes. was, was Lockjaw a human before Terragenesis? The, the question know? is, was he a dog that became an inhuman or yeah, an inhuman the, who became yeah. a dog? And um, <laughs> I think but, you say, was he, was he a dog that came, became an inhuman? Or, or yeah, was he a dog that went, underwent Terragenesis or was he a human who underwent Terragenesis and became a dog? How old is Lockjaw? He's been around for as long as yeah, just he, the, the current Royals? No, no. He's been around since Fantastic Four number 30-something. He's, he's No, I mean, I mean, I mean the current Royals. I mean, well, that's what I mean. I mean, like, not in terms of publication, he's, but in terms of actual Marvel history. Has he been oh, around since before? Be, since, since they discovered the Inhumans. Yeah, yeah. Since the beginning. He's been there since the, the beginning. I might say that he was a dog. <laughs> yeah, yes. buddy! Thank you. Well yeah. said, sir. Ivy, yeah, you're but, my book. But, but Jeff Thorne and James Asmus think he was a person. Uh, well, Jeff I can kind of see why they might think that, but I feel like they may have like maybe some crazy mess with some animals at some point um, <laughs> because they were around. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. You, it, it's good. Your your rationale is sound. Yeah. It seems like, I don't know what you think about the Kree coming through and they see, okay, they're sentient humans or whatever. Uh, I mean, but there's other creatures on, on the planet. I mean, how, how do you know there's not other inhuman altered animals that just haven't undergone serogenesis? Right, uh, exactly. I mean, what if the cloud is passing over the, you know, national parks and we don't know that there's a bunch of terraformed animals that, looks, that makes it look like the Savage Lands now? I mean... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
And every branch of, of biological science does animal experiments. I mean, that's just the way it is. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be inclined to say Lockjaw was a dog before. Probably a really lazy dog. But <laughs> yeah, put it on the board. Put so, it on the board. So, yeah, so how many another, is that now? Another vote for justice. I think, it's, I think it's a pretty even split, actually. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good. Ivy, well, you're okay in my book. <laughs> It all hinges on that one question, is you're okay in this book or not? <laughs> well, that's good. That's a running gag we got going here. All right. Well, I think that's it. Ivy, what's your website again? Uh, it's ivywall.net. So the letters ivywall.net, like the fourth wall.net. Do you have, um, like okay. a, do you have any, any sort of Twitter or anything you want to shout out or... Uh... Yeah, you can follow me on uh, at Ivy Wall. So uh, again, the Roman numeral and then Wall. Um, it's the, by the way, it's it's the fourth wall because yeah. obviously the fourth comic. And then I'm my real oh. John Bernard Robbins. Fourth. I just got that just as you said the Roman numeral. I was like, it's clever. It's clever. Yeah, I said that about thirty <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> I've been and thinking no like Ivy like like poison ivy. Oh. oh, don't worry, people. So call me. you can also follow um, Ivy and I both tweet quite a bit uh, about the Mixed Marvel Arts podcast. So you can follow them at um, at Mixed Marvel Arts. That's how I uh, met Ivy. So follow mm-hmm. them too if you want to follow a fantasy comic league and watch us fight over points all the time, which is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and follow this podcast, which is at Atalizing. Uh, uh, I can't speak now. At Atalan Rising One. Or email oh, us at the show at adelanderising.com. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, and um, Thanks, for Ivy, for coming to chat with us. Thank yeah. you, Ivy, thank for coming to chat with Fun. us. Um, and uh, next time, we sh- maybe we'll have uh, the conclusion of, uh, of IVX to discuss. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for looking forward to it. Until then, next time.